So Martin, we're going to introduce Martin. Firstly, Martin, how many New Year's have you been to? Uh, I th I've been to all of them apart from the first one. That started. I've beaten you. I've been have to you? every single one. Oh, that is ridiculous. That's, I, that's embarrassing even. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to say. Am I right in thinking you were in the 12 to 14s yeah. when you came first? Yeah, yeah. And were we doing it? Was I you doing it? Doing it yeah, that's weird, like, isn't it? So I was, I was in the 12 to 14s team when Sandeep was a 12-year-old. Is that right? Yeah. So how old, how old is Martin? That's the real question. Good question. Well, I'm, I'm 29. I am 30 tomorrow, yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, ha I'm clinging on to my 20s for as long as I can, so. So it's Martin's birthday tomorrow, and he's doing Todd to 14s with Stephen Dawson, everyone. I think you know he's in for a treat tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Martin, why are you at New Day? Good question. So I first came to New Day, I used to lead the youth work in my church in Canterbury, so I came... The Oh, there they are. There's the Canterbury crew. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I came originally because I was part of the youth team and, and came along with them. Uh, served on the sports team for a couple of years, doing the football stuff, and then got involved with the 12 to 14s. Uh, I am now an elder at our church in Canterbury. I don't lead the youth work anymore, which is very sad. Aww. But uh, the people that do are amazing. And so I come now um, to basically serve the 12 to 14s and just do it. I've brought my, my wife, Catherine, who's down in the far corner. Not this guy walking away. He's not my wife. Um, <laughs> you wish you were. Uh, and my, my little daughter, Annabeth. She's sitting down. She's gone shy. She's 17 months old. She, there she is. My little, my little wonder bub. So, yeah. So, we've come this year. It's the first time Annabeth's come. She was five months old last year. So, we thought we'll let, we won't bring her. <laughs> and uh, so, she's come this year. So, everyone, Martin's going to talk about his life, what he used to be and what he is now. Um, and we love stories here about true stories, funnily enough. Um, so, big round of applause. Martin Sagan, everyone. Thank you. Okay. So the plan today is I just want to talk for a short period of time. I just want to tell you a bit about my story. And then uh, I just want to do a couple of things. We'll see where we go after that. Uh, thank you so much for coming to True Stories today. This stream is going to be running uh, throughout the whole week. And we're really excited about the, the different stories that we're going to have each day. People sharing just a bit about what God has done in their life up to the point of uh, them standing in front of you. And we've tried to think of, of themes and, and aspects of stories that perhaps you're journeying through as well. So today I'm going to talk about how I tried to run from God. Um, Obviously, you know what the outcome is, because I wouldn't be stood here today if I'd got away. Uh, but he found me, so I'm going to tell you a bit about that. Uh, tomorrow, Stephen Dawson's going to be speaking in here about how uh, him growing up and his challenge, and he's, he's called Confused About Sex. So uh, I'll let Stephen tell you more about what that's going to be, but you can probably guess. Uh, we've got Nay Dawson, who was uh, leading worship this morning. She'll be talking on the following day after Stephen, um, and she'll be telling us about her story um, and about kind of just what God's been doing in her life. And then we've got a friend of mine called John Pemberfee, who'll be speaking on the last day on Friday um, about kind of how he found school really difficult and how Jesus has been with him and helped him through it. So I hope, I hope True Stories is really going to help you. Um, we're kind of going to try different things as we go. So each morning we want to hear your stories, which is why we're going to break into small groups and just talk about why we're at New Day or what's God been speaking to us about or what's the most exciting thing we've seen. Those kind of questions for us to just share with one another. Uh, and then someone will share briefly about their story, um, and then we'll do different kind of responses. So uh, as I've already told you, my name's Martin. Uh, I am 29, 30 tomorrow, so bring your presents. 
to 12 to 14. Just leave them on the stage here and, uh, and I'll take them all at the end. That's fine. Uh, and um, I have been a Christian from the age of 15. So I became a Christian when I was 15 years old. And I'll tell you more about that in a moment. I moved to Canterbury when I was 18 to study at university and have stayed there uh, for the last 12 years, maybe longer, 11, I don't know, uh, however long. A few years, and, uh, and now I'm married, I've got a daughter there, I'm an elder at the church, and um, I want to tell you a little bit about kind of how my, my journey in becoming a Christian began, and especially I want to look at the age of 12 to 14, so obviously that's why most of you are in here. So I grew up uh, in Essex, anyone from Essex here? Yeah, be Essex and proud. I grew up in a place called Hainault, which was uh, right on the outskirts of Essex and London. It's on the central line. If you've ever got the tube and you've got on the central line, you might have gotten a train that says, this train terminates at Hainault via Newbury Park. I was right on the edge, and uh, I, I grew up in Essex. My mum uh, was a Christian. She went to church. My dad wasn't. And uh, before I was born, I, I've got um, three brothers, and uh, I'm the youngest. Before I was born, before my brothers were born, my parents had a conversation um, about kind of were they going to take us to church or not? Because my dad doesn't go, my mum does. And my dad said, well, if you want to take them, that's totally fine. You can, but I'm not going to come. So growing up, I was taken to church. I went to church from a very young age. I was baptised, christened in church when I was a baby. Uh, and kind of grew up within the church. And at the age of 11, I got confirmed. I went to a Church of England church growing up, which is where basically it's like, if you're, if you, the way the Church of England does it, when you're a baby, your parents baptise you to say, we want to try our best to bring our child up within the Christian faith, which obviously is interesting when my dad wasn't a Christian anyway, but anyway. So they did that, and then when I was 11 years old, uh, I was confirmed, which is kind of me making my public declaration that I want to be a Christian and I want to follow Jesus. At that point, I had no idea what it meant to be a Christian. I genuinely thought being a Christian was going to church on a Sunday morning. And so when I was 11, I got confirmed, and, uh, and then the very next day, my mum said to me, okay, you're old enough now, Martin, to make your own choice about whether you come to church or not. Now, in this room, there's going to be a variety of people here. Some of you will be here because your parents go to church, and so you've gone to church with them from a really young age. All you've known is church. Others of you will be here. Actually, you may have never been to church before. Your mate just said, hey, I'm going to this thing in the summer. Do you want to come? And you're like, yeah, I don't even know what it is, but you're coming and you're here. There's going to be a wide variety of us. I grew up in church, and at 11, my mum said to me, you can choose whether you go to church or not. I decided not to go. Uh, I love football. I've really enjoyed playing football from a young age. And my football team that I was part of at the time played on Sundays. And so I thought, well, I just won't go to church. I'll play football. So from the age of 11 to about 15, I didn't go to church on Sundays. I went to my youth group on uh, Wednesday nights. And basically, we played table tennis and drank loads of fizzy drinks and loads of sweets. And, uh, and I thought I was a Christian. If people had asked me, they say, are you a Christian? I would have said yes. But you would have had, there was, I, I'd had no understanding of what that meant. I was a Christian because I went to youth group on a Wednesday night. And I thought that's what made me a Christian. So basically, from, from the age of 11, when I stopped going to church, that's when my life started to change as well. So when I, from like kind of naught to 11, I was probably uh, known as the kind of cheeky monkey within the group. I was like mischievous, but I knew where the line was. Do you know, do you know what I mean? There's kind of, I was a good kid, but I was a bit, a bit cheeky. And I, I wouldn't cross the line. I wouldn't kind of go beyond... Uh, what my parents had taught me was right or wrong, what the church growing up had taught me was right or wrong. When I became 11, it started to change, and I started to hang out with, with a different group of people. And so I found that my life radically changed. I stopped going to church, and I started to behave in a very different way. And uh, so a friend of mine, he was the same age as me, we used to go and, uh, and wander the streets and find thrown-off uh, cigarette packets. 
and hope that there would be cigarettes in there. And if we found them, we'd take them to this tree and we'd bury them under the tree in the park. And at, at points, we'd wander down and we'd, we'd, we'd have a cigarette together. You know, when we found one, it'd be like, you know, golden treasure that we'd found. And we would, we would love that we had it. I started to kind of take an interest in girls. My language started to really change. I started to speak very negatively about people and to people. My relationship with my parents really started to become somewhat strained as I just didn't really respect people. I started to get drawn into this, this way of thinking that I was better than others and so I started to want to play football lots uh, you know we used to go into the pub gardens and if people had left the dregs of their beer we'd drink their beers and then we'd run out again before anyone could catch us I started to go down this route in my life from the from the age of 11 to 15 where I didn't really care about people I, I did in the fact that I wanted people to really like me I wanted to be the one that everyone thought was funny everyone thought was cool everyone wanted to spend time with and so I was willing to do almost anything to be that person so from 11 to 14, that is how I lived my life. I was the one that people, people knew if they asked Martin to do something, he'd do it because he was stupid. You know, and he was up for a laugh and he was game and he'd, he'd be up for doing this. And so kind of over that time, that's what I did. Until the age of 15. When I, when I was 15, throughout that time, I'd still been going to my youth group uh, at the church on a Wednesday night. And at 15, these guys turned up one night. And, uh, and they did this kind of evening, and they told us about a youth camp, similar to New Day. It's much smaller, but it's similar to New Day. And, uh, and they said, do you guys want to come? And they showed us this video. And on this video, there were lots of pretty girls that appeared on this video. And so me and my friends thought, you know, what better way to spend your summer than going to a camp where there's lots of pretty girls? We're like, we're in. We're there. So at this point, I'd not been to church for four years. I would still call myself a Christian, but I really wasn't. I'd kind of been dragged into this way of life where God had become someone who... I'd kind of grown up knowing that there was this, this old man in the sky that kind of told me how to live, but I'd lost interest in him. And I thought, I'm not interested in that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live this way. I'm going to find happiness where I can. And so I was, you know, getting involved in whatever I could with, with friends. You know, uh, if a friend brought some drugs in, I'd, I'd smoke the drugs. If, if cigarettes were found, I'd smoke the cigarettes. If there was beer, I'd drink the beer. Whatever there was I could do, if someone asked me to do anything, I would do it. And I went to this youth camp and uh, had no idea what to expect. Maybe some of you are in that category uh, this week at New Day. You've come, you really don't have a clue what to expect. And I can remember turning up and uh, being amazed at how there were people older than me that when I spoke to, they were quite cool and I quite enjoyed talking to them. And then I'd see them in the kind of meetings and they were really loving Jesus. They had their hands raised in the worship time. They were singing. They seemed to actually be passionate about Jesus and it didn't make any sense to me because I was thinking everything I know about Jesus I don't want to be passionate about this guy he just tells me how to live my life I'm quite enjoying the way I'm living my life I'm not interested in that and so for the first few days of this camp I was like the guy I'd be right at the back I'd be like asleep in the corner somewhere totally disengaging what was going on didn't care really didn't care and uh, and kind of one of the nights or the, the, one of the leaders came and spoke to me and said I noticed you're right at the back and you're kind of not why don't you why don't you try and sit near the front I said all right you know won't make a difference, but I'll try. So I was a keen person for one day, and I sat near the front. And I can remember it vividly. We sang the song this morning. You know that song, Here I Am to Worship? The last one that we sang in the worship time this morning. They started to sing this song, the band, at this cypher camp. And, uh, and suddenly, I just had this picture appear in my mind. I've never had anything, I'd never had anything like it before. What the Bible tells us this prophecy. It's basically God speaking to us. And so I had this picture suddenly appear, and it was me in a boat. And I had my oars and I was rowing really hard. And then the picture kind of panned out, you know, when it, it starts really close and then it, it kind of goes out. And it zoomed out and it showed me that actually I was in a sailboat. And this sailboat, the wind was blowing me one way and I was rowing the other way. And I felt God say to me, stop trying to run from me and let me take you where I want to take you. 
And at the age of 15, I was suddenly like, wow, this, this whole time for four years, what I'd been doing was I'd been trying to run as hard as I could away from God. I'd been trying to find happiness in all of these other places, trying to be the popular one that people thought, you know, he was funny and he was cool, trying to be the one that was in the gang and, and would do whatever was asked of him, would be the one that people would listen, you know, people would want to spend time with. I was desperate to find uh, approval and love from those around me and find happiness in that. And God just speaks to me and says, listen, what you've actually been doing this time is you've been trying to run as hard as you can away. You've been trying to row in your boat and go in the other direction. And God's saying, I want you to stop and let me take you where I want to take you. And so at the age of 15, uh, I, can, I can remember, I can still remember it vividly. I broke down in tears in this meeting. I'd never cried really. Do you know what I mean? Apart from like when I was little, when I grazed my knee or something. But from the age of 11 to, to 15, I'd got it ingrained in me that like, we don't cry. Boys don't cry. There's no way you cry. Do you know what I mean? If you hurt yourself, you kind of man up and you, you pretend you're not hurt. And if someone upsets you, you just whack them. You know, and you ignore that kind of thing. I'd, I'd not cried. And God just met with me. And I suddenly felt the love of God. It wasn't him telling me off. It wasn't like Jesus had found me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've ever done it where you've been naughty in class. I can remember one time I bunked off a of school in the morning because I didn't like the lesson. It was like PE, but it was like weird canoeing PE where basically we had to go in this swimming pool and capsize and get out. And then the teacher would shout at you because you got it wrong. And then you have to get back in the boat and capsize and get shouted at again. And I thought, I don't want to do this. So me and my friends bunked off. We got the bus into town. We went to McDonald's. We kind of played in the arcades. And then we got the... We walk to school and I remember walking into school and I walking through the gate and the deputy head teacher's office was like right there and he saw us and he got off of his chair and he walked off and we thought oh, that's interesting and we walked through the main doors and he stood there waiting for us and he's like boys come with me and he takes us into his office and we have to ring our parents and tell them because we'd got someone had seen us in town mucking around and so we got into trouble and uh, I used to think that Jesus was like that. Do you know what I mean? Jesus had been hunting for me. Do you know what I mean? Where, where is this Martin? You know, he was in church for 11 years and now he's gone. I'm going to find him. And, you know, for four years, Jesus is searching for me and he's finally found me and he's going to come and bash me over the head and tell me everything I've done wrong and why I'm such a horrible person. But actually, I found that when I met Jesus, all I encountered was love. That picture wasn't to say, look, shame on you for what you've done. It was to say, look, I've got so much better for you. And so at the age of 15, I said, Jesus, all right, I want to go your way. I don't want to row in the other direction. I don't want to try and run from you anymore. I want to go in your direction. And I wish I could tell you that from that moment in my life, I became like this super holy angel that floated across the ground and, you know, just told everyone about Jesus. But actually, my story was from the age of 15 to 20, for five years, I really battled with trying to row trying to I kept trying to row against God so at the age of 15 my drinking became even more than it had been from the 11 to 14 so I became a Christian at 15 I gave my life to Jesus but it took me a long time to realize that what that means is not going to church so I stopped playing football when I became 15 I said I'm serious I'm going to go to church because I'm a Christian you have to go to church that's what makes you a Christian is church right so I started going to church on Sunday mornings I'd be the kind of good kid I was at church you know I sang in the band because I've got an all right voice or whatever and there was no one else that could sing and uh, you know all this kind of stuff I was thinking I'm a Christian now but then my Monday to Saturday and even after church on my Sunday nothing changed and so from 15 to 20 I started to go on this kind of journey where I was drinking lots, I really got interested in girls, I started to do all these different things. And then at 18, I went to university in Canterbury. And, uh, and the church that I came across in Canterbury taught me that actually being a Christian is every moment of every day. Christianity isn't something that you just park here. Do you know what I mean? It's not like on Sunday you put your Christian clothes on and you're a Christian and then the rest of the week you're like just your, your other self. To be a Christian is Monday to Sunday, every moment of every day. Jesus is interested in it all. 
And he wants to take you in his way. He doesn't want you to fight him. He wants you to go in this way. And what I found was on this journey was that actually, when I did let Jesus take me where he wanted to take me, it never let me down. And there was a moment, a real crunch moment came for me when I was 20. And uh, so I'd been a Christian for five years. I'd gone to church from 0 to 11. I wasn't a Christian. I'd gone away. I'd tried to run from God. God had spoken to me. I'd responded. The next five years were kind of me trying to learn how to be a Christian. The Bible I used to find so boring. I used to find it so hard. And it, I mean, it was stupid. I'd try and read it at like midnight. Do you know I mean? You've got no hope, have you, in terms of reading a book. Like, you know, open the book to numbers. And it's like, you know, here is the list of this person's ancestors. And you, you know, just fall asleep really quickly. From the age of 15 to 20, that was my challenge. I, I was learning slowly that actually being a Christian is about your whole life. And when I was 20, uh, I, I got really badly drunk one night. And I drunk way too much. I ended up passing out in a toilet. And I, I woke up about 4 o'clock in the morning in this toilet with vomit all down my clothes. Just literally, I, just, I just passed out. I was sick everywhere. And I had to walk home. And the walk is about, it's about an hour walk from where I was and I was walking home and it was like you know like the walk it's just a walk of shame I'm walking home and I felt so dirty I felt so dirty and this was the moment where I was expecting Jesus is going to get do you know what I mean he's going to wallop me over the head because I've done I've just been so wrong I shouldn't have done these things and I can remember as I'm walking home Jesus saying to me again he gave me that same picture of me in the boat he said listen stop trying to go your own way and let me take you where I want to take you and at 20 I was like okay You've been saying the same message to me now for five years. I really, really, really want to go your way. I, really, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be the one that's passing out in toilets, that, that kind of, you know, in church on a Sunday I'm raising my hands and then that next night I'm out get passing out in toilets because I'm drinking too much. I want to be the one that is serious about Jesus. I want to be the one, as Simon was talking about this morning, who when, you, when God looks at my heart, I am someone who actually loves God. I don't love other people. For me, it was all about people loving me. That's, that was how I was living my life. From the age of 11 to 20, for nine years, I was, I was desperate for people to love me. I didn't care if God loved me or if Jesus loved me. I didn't care if I loved myself. All I wanted was for someone to love me, for my friends to love me, for people to speak well of me and think I was great. And at 20, I said, Jesus, I'm really serious about following you. And the last nine years have been me really trying to walk in that. I still make mistakes, but Jesus has changed me. He's, he's helped me to understand that I don't do things out of duty. I don't do things because God will be disappointed in me. I do them because Jesus actually has the best for me. His plans for me are better than my plans for me. His way is better than my way. If I were gone my way, sometimes I stop and I think, where would I be if I wasn't a Christian now? What would I be doing? And I know that my life would lack any sense of fulfillment. My life would lack any sense of direction. I'd probably still be the person passing out in toilets and you know, not having any clear sense of who I am and what I'm doing. In Jesus, I found my true identity, which is that I'm a child of God and that he loves me. And that he doesn't judge me. He doesn't hold my wrong against me and say, look, you know, every time I, I kind of try and pray, he's like, okay, well, actually, I've got these 20 things I need to talk to you about mine. Do you remember that thing you said the other day or that thought you had about that person or that? He doesn't do that. He, he is a God who purely and utterly loves me. And so my story is one of where I tried to run. I tried to go my own way. I tried to do life how I thought I should do life. And as I did it, all I found was each step of the way was a sense of disappointment. Friends would let me down. Suddenly the person that I thought, thought well of me would be telling someone else that I wasn't that great and that would really hurt me. And I was just encountering this. I thought I was finding happiness, but actually I was finding just nothing. And then I encountered Jesus and I've been on a journey now for nearly 15 years of trying to learn how to go his way. And every time I've listened to him, and I've let him lead me, I promise you that I have found pure joy. 
I've found happiness. I've found peace. I've found mercy. I've found love. I've found a love like no other love. My wife loves me incredibly, but her love is nothing compared to the love of Jesus. Jesus never, never gets frustrated with me, never gets angry with me, never gets disappointed with me. He always speaks well over me. He always speaks encouragement over me. He always thinks the best over me. And actually, it's true for you today. And so I want to encourage you. My story is one of someone who tried to run, tried to find joy and happiness and uh, success in other things and actually found that none of those brought that. And only Jesus did. And so I've given myself to him. I'm in the sailboat. I'm letting him blow it where he wants to blow it. And I'm just following him. And it is brilliant. It's such a joy. I am probably known as one of the smiliest people. That's what lots of people say over me. I did a kind of uh, personality test, strength finder test thing. And my number one strength is positivity. I'm like a positive man. I genuinely believe that is because Jesus Christ is in my life. I wasn't like that before. I was negative about people. I was up for a laugh and I was up for banter, but I wasn't positive about people. I wasn't positive about life. Jesus has brought that into me. And so I just want to encourage you today, wherever you are, wherever you are with Jesus, maybe this is the first time you've really heard a message about Jesus. You know, last night, this morning, today, this, this, this message of who Jesus really is. And maybe you're processing kind of what that is. Maybe you have been in church for a long time, but like me, you've not really grasped what Christianity is about. You've thought Christianity is about being a good person, about going to church. If I do those two things, then I'm a Christian. Actually, Christianity is about Jesus Christ saving you, calling you to follow him, and then living a life that follows him. Or maybe you already know that, and you're on that path, but it's hard. And one day you're you're like, yes, I'm a great Christian. And the next day you're like, oh man, I'm a rubbish Christian. I've been there. I've been on all three of those. I know exactly how you feel, but I want you to know that Jesus knows how you feel as well and he knows who you are. So we're going we're gonna to kind of do a bit of a response together if you're up for that. Okay? I want us to do a bit of a prayer time. Over the week, we might do some Q&A at different points and that kind of thing, but today I really feel like I want us to do a bit of a, a ministry time. So can I ask you where you are to just close your eyes? Okay? This is, it's not because suddenly now Jesus is going to enter the room and he doesn't want, to, doesn't want you to see him. It's because if you're anything like me, if your eyes are open, you're just going to look at other people and get distracted. Yeah? Look, look at this. These girls are already distracted because their eyes are open. So just where you are, just close your eyes. And let's just take, take a moment of silence just to, just to think about what I've said, okay? It may have all been nonsense to you. That's fine if it was. That's not a problem. But maybe there's something in there that you think, oh, that's, I'm a bit like that. Or oh, that's, how, that's how I feel about God or that's how I feel about myself. That's kind of what I'm doing. So just take a moment just to think through. Maybe listen. Maybe God's saying something to you right now. I felt as I was praying for, for today that Jesus gave me three different groups of people. You might fall into more than one. You might be in all three. That's okay. So just keep your eyes closed where you are. Because what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to explain what a group is. If you, are, if you feel like that's you, I want you just to raise your hand where you are, okay? And I'm going to pray for you. We're going to do that for the three groups. And then after that, what I'm going to ask is if you want prayer for anything, it could be about what I've spoken about, it could be about anything, I don't know, you've got a poorly leg, whatever, I want you to stay Okay, and we're going to pray for you. We've got amazing people in here in their orange t-shirts that would love to pray for you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to lead us through three groups of response. We're going to just wait and see what God wants to do. If you want to stay after that and get prayed for, 
then you're more than welcome to. We genuinely would love to pray for you. We're, we're here because we want to pray for you, okay? So do stay. Uh, Sunday, Paul, then after that, you know, as people go, announce who the winner of the, the fabs are. So don't panic there. If you're thinking, oh, I don't really want prayer, but I really want an ice cream. What do I do? Sunday, Paul, tell you about that, okay? So just keep your eyes closed. These are the three groups that I feel like God wants to just speak to, okay? It might be literally there's only one person in here that's in that group. That's great. God wants to speak to you. It might be that there's loads. The first one is, you are basically, I suppose as I've talked about, you're someone who at the moment is running from God. So at the moment, you're in that boat and you've got your oars and you're trying to row. You're trying to go in that direction. God wants you to go in that direction. If you feel like that's you, you just think, wow, that feels a bit like me. I just want you to raise your hand where you are. Okay? Take some, thank you. Take some kind of bravery to do it, boldness to do it. But that's fine. If you don't want to, that's fine. But just raise your hand where you are. Because I really feel like God wants to keep your hand up where you are. This isn't a kind of like, okay, now we're going to tell you off at all. This is, I genuinely want to pray for you because I think if you're raising your hands because God's speaking to you. And similar to as he said to me, he wants to say, look, put down your oar. Let me take you where I want to take you. Okay, So I'm going to pray for you. Keep your hand nice and high. And then especially you guys, I want, I want to ask you, at the end, I want you to stay and I want you to come and get prayer. Okay, I really, I really want to encourage you to do that. Jesus, I want to thank you that you are a God that does not hold our sin against us. You are a God that doesn't shout at us and tell us that we've done things wrong. You are a God that has made a way for us to follow you. And I want to pray for every person that has their hand raised right now, who at the moment has been running in a different direction, has been rowing in the other direction, and just right now is feeling that prompt from you to say, Jesus, that's me. I want to pray, Lord, would you show them that you have so much better for them? You've got a better way. Jesus, you want to blow them in the direction, in the purposes that you have for them, Lord. I want to pray right now that they would hear the encouragement of heaven over them, Lord. I want to pray that the lies that they've been believing, that God's really angry with them and that that thing that they've done, God can never forgive and that they've run too far and God can't see them. I want to pray that they would know, Lord, that you are so for them, you so love them and you so want them to run with you and for you and in your direction. I pray you would bless them in your name. Amen. Amen. Seriously, those that just raise their hand, please do stay. I'd love to pray for you. The second group is, you're a group who, um, you're the kind of person, I suppose, who like me at the age of 15 when I became a Christian. In one setting, you're the kind of person that people might think, oh yeah, you know, they're totally a Christian. For example, New Day. You're like, you know, during the worship time, you're like, love you, Jesus. You've got your hands raised. But in another circumstance, in another situation, no one would have the faintest clue that you're a Christian. Yeah, Like when you're at school and you're with your mates and none of them are Christians and so you're using the language that they're using. You never talk about church, you never talk about Jesus. There's nothing in your life that models that. Yeah, So you're kind of almost living a double life like I was for five years I lived this. It's exhausting. If you're that, just raise your hand where you are because I believe Jesus wants to just give you some grace today to start to live as he wants you to live. There's lots of us in the room. And this is, this is probably one of the biggest challenges for us in our generation, is being those that genuinely are serious about living for Jesus and don't kind of jump between the two. Jesus says you can't love the world and love the Lord. You've got to choose. And so, Lord, I want to pray for every person that has their hand raised. Jesus, I want to pray for grace on them right now to know that they are loved by you. And Jesus, I want to pray that you would put in them a hunger for your love above anyone else's love. Pray those who, who seek the approval of friends so much that they compromise and that they don't really live for you because of their friends. I want to pray you give them boldness to say, no, no, Jesus, you're more important than my friends. 
I want to pray for those who so care about their reputation and what others think about them, Lord God, that they uh, struggle to live a life for you outside of church and when they're surrounded by Christians. I pray grace on them, Lord, that they would know that your love can strengthen them, that your Holy Spirit can be with them, and that they can be bold witnesses, they can be shining lights, they can be salt and have the tastiness of Christ in them. I pray you would bless them and help them, Lord. I pray anyone... That is almost living that double life. I pray a grace on them, Lord, to not carry on like that. I pray today would be a day where there's a line in the sand and that things change. I want to pray, Lord, that they wouldn't have to wait until they're 20 like me and have to walk down the road covered in vomit because they've done one mistake too many and they're just feeling so awful. I want to pray, Jesus, you would save them now from that, Lord. You would draw them to you and you give them a boldness. I pray you would raise up men and women, Lord, who are unashamedly in love with you above anyone else. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And then the final group, okay, final thing I want to pray for is, uh, is those who you're Christians, you're kind of, perhaps people would look at you and think, hey, do you know what, you know, wherever they are, they're kind of, they're good Christians. Or actually, maybe you're, you're still in that kind of jump in between bit. Um, I really feel like God, there's, there's, for some of us in here, this sense of uh, for us to continue moving forward with God and following him, we need to learn to hear his voice. Yeah, so we're kind of those that we love him and we're like, yeah, we really like this. But we're just like, I don't really know. I feel like I don't know him because I'm not hearing him. I don't really uh, hear from God that much. If you want to hear from God, I just want you to raise your hand and I want to pray that you would uh, grow in that. Mate, I'll tell you what, can you just hold your ears if you want to hear from God? You You might not hear my prayer, but that's okay. (laughs) Jesus, I want to pray that as hands touch ears right now, Jesus, that this would be a sign of of what you're going to do this week and beyond in terms of growing us at hearing your voice. I thank you that you're not a distant God that never talks to us. I thank you that you are a God that loves to speak to us. You're a father that loves to speak to your children. And I pray, Lord, that as these hands touch these ears, Lord, would you unlock something in people today, Lord God? Would you release the gift of prophecy across this room? I pray, God, that even today, right now, would you be speaking to them? I pray for pictures to come. I pray for feelings that suddenly they feel, oh, I just feel like God's saying this to me. I pray that you give them words. You'd, you would help them to hear your voice, Lord Jesus, and that you would speak to them and you would lead them, I pray, in your name. Amen.